0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We have gone through innocence. We looked at that. And I think we got a good understanding. God had to step in and help out in that situation. And then we looked at The uh, Conscience And of course That wasn't enough to save man God had to step in again And then we looked at Human government We know how that turned out God had to step in again That certainly didn't turn out so hot And What did we look at last time Promise And didn't involve anybody But a called out people And they received Promises from God. Those promises weren't given to Gentiles. And now we are looking at dispensation of the law. Now, may I remind you that in the beginning, when we started this rightly dividing series, especially on the dispensations, we did a lesson called Dispensations versus Divisions. And the reason that we did that lesson is because we wanted to get some context on what those words mean biblically. We have a dividing line that we see clearly in the Bible from innocence. God dispenses the truth of conscience. God dispenses his promises. God dispenses, uh, well, human government and then promises. And we saw that there was a time when we can look back in the Bible and we can see, see dividing lines. But where we drew the distinction was in the word dispensation, meaning. In the Bible, it means God dispenses something out. He gives truth out. And throughout all of these divisions and throughout all of this dispensing of truth, we said this. It's perpetual. It doesn't end. And so now we're coming to the law and let's see if that same idea applies. God dispensed the truth, but let's see if he recalled that truth. Or if it's still active today, the dispensation of the law, it affected a whole lot of people, uh, Hebrew people, Jewish people. It had absolutely no effect on a whole lot of people, too. Anybody wasn't a Jew, this law had nothing to do with them because no Jew, uh, no Gentile was under the law. Um. The Jews back in that day, they weren't trying to get the Ten Commandments into whatever the human governing body was of the Gentiles. That wasn't their goal. It was what God gave to those people, and it wasn't for those other people. And we have to understand that. And if we do, we can get a lot of things worked out in our Bible. The law had no effect on the Gentiles when God dispensed it. When God gave the promises, those promises had no effect on the Gentile people. Not back then. Not now. And not in the future. It was a time when God, and when we look at this, it's going to be when God had his focus On a certain group of people And I think we all get that And so the Jewish people were given promises But now when we see the law This is now an adding to those promises It's not a disannulling. Let's start in Galatians 3 And we'll get some Bible and start moving along here Galatians chapter number 3 Look at verse number 17 when you get there Four hundred and thirty years later, God gives the law after the promises and the giving of that law doesn't rule out the promises. Verse number 17 in Galatians chapter number three, the Bible says, and this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was four hundred and thirty years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Okay, God gave some promises through Abraham. 430 years later, the law is given. That law does not disannul the previous promises. That's what that verse is, is saying. The law was not intended to vo- to void out promises. That nation is going to receive Land, just like God said they would. And that is going to come to pass. Why? Because God promised it. And he keeps his promises. The law was added. It did not take away or disannul. So why was the law given? Well, God dispensed that truth back in exodus uh, 19 because they were living on land and those laws that god gave were to rule and govern them in their present condition as they were living on that land makes sense that is what governed them and If they obeyed, then they were blessed. And if they didn't obey, they were not blessed. The future for that nation is based on God's promises. They're going to get land that God has promised them, that nation. That's future. Based on God's promise, what they get with the law is their condition that they're presently living in will be a blessed one while they live on the earth. If they don't obey God, they will not receive those earthly blessings from God. And we're going to look at some of those in a minute. And this dispensing of this law, it's new revelation. It's a new dispensing of truth only for those of Abraham's physical seed. uh, Exodus chapter 19. When did this begin? This dispensing of this law began at Mount Sinai. When are we going to draw our dividing line to understand this? This division, it's going to end in John chapter 19, verse 30, when Christ on the cross says it is finished the next sunday night we'll be into uh the next dispensation but we got to hold off on that for tonight god he's focusing on the jews and if you were a priest you were to proclaim what was written on those tables of stone that is what your job as a priest was if you were a prophet During that time, you were to point the people to that law. Everything pointed back to that during this time. And Exodus chapter 19, I better get there. Sorry about that. Exodus chapter 19. Everybody look at this. Verse number one. In the third month, the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt. The same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. Drop down to verse three. And Moses went up unto God. And the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you out unto myself. Praise the Lord. Verse 5, now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant. The first mention here, regarding this law, the word covenant is used. And it's used in the context where if you obey, you receive. Keep my covenant, verse 5, and then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. Above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Two more verses. And Moses came and called for the elder of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. Yeah, right. (laughs) And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. These people, these Hebrew people were told to obey everything that God had told them to do in regard to commands and statutes and ordinances. Do you think that that saved any of them spiritually? No, it did not. It never affected their soul. It affected their condition on earth. Imagine right now, you and I are Jews living back in the Old Testament during this time when this truth is dispensed. Wouldn't it be a form of worship to God to do what He said? Forget about your soul just for a minute. Forget about the physical blessings that you would receive just for a minute. Wouldn't it just be an honor? To be able to to, to just want to be able to serve the Lord Because he gave us something to do Let's live that way Let's do what God said Why? We We just get to worship God But we all know that is not how it ended It didn't save their soul When this law was given No soul was saved because they kept it. Number one, none of them kept it. Number two, go to Hebrews and the seventh chapter, and we'll see what it says in Hebrews, and that'll clear up the matter. Why didn't the law save? Well, because God never said it would. Hebrews chapter number seven it might have saved your crop, it might have saved your life in a battle. But didn't save your soul. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 13, the Bible says very clearly. I hope I got the right verse. Oh, is this necessary change of the law? Let's see, verse number 12. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law, for he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testified. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before, for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. That's a looking back. This is what Hebrews 7 is in verse number 18. This going before, the commandment going before. It's a look back at what was dispensed, that law. And now here it is. I think this is where I want it to be. Verse 19 For the law made nothing perfect. How can keeping the law do anything for your soul when Hebrews clearly says it made nothing perfect? For the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. It couldn't make you perfect, even if you did all of it. Now, not if it did, but if they did, it wouldn't have been enough. It could not make you perfect. Hebrews 10. It's even clearer reading Hebrews 10 after that Hebrews 7 passage. Verse number 1 in Hebrews 10. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things. Can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year. Continually make the comers thereunto perfect. You see how. Perfectly clear that is. It could never make them perfect. Verse 2. For then would they have not ceased to be offered. Because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats Should take away sins. Why would God give that nation a way of salvation that could never work? It wouldn't make sense for God to do that, and He didn't do that. That's why I'm asking the question. There's the answer: is well, God didn't do that. He didn't give them a way of salvation. Knowing that it could never take away sins it was never a way of salvation for their soul We'll get into old testament salvation and all of that at later lessons I just want to say that to lay some context for this understanding of the dispensation of the law Uh, Look at romans chapter number two, we'll just be there briefly we've been preaching through that book So we're not going to we're not really going to Park there too long, but I I do want to look at it because you can't say these things enough. Laws for the Jews, laws for the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. It was not for any Gentile. Look at verse number 14 in Romans 2. For when the Gentiles would have, which have not the law. Did the Gentiles have the law? No, they did not. Do by nature the things contained in the law, these Having not the law Are a law unto Themselves we talked about This As we preached the Romans chapter 2 And we talked about it in the previous dispensations. What did they have what does that mean They kept the law without having the law God wrote something in their heart That's where we get conscience And that's what governed Them Human government That's what's It's a larger entity that's using their conscience to govern govern individuals who are trying to govern themselves and their families by their God-given conscience. That's all the Gentile had. Throughout all this time, when God's, he dispensed some promises to the nation of Israel, he gave the law to the nation of Israel. That Gentile sitting there, he don't have any of that. What does he have? He has his conscience. What else does he have? Well, whatever entities ruling over him, they have their conscience. Not so with the Jews, though. Go back to your Old Testament. God gave them. Let's go to the book of Leviticus. God gave them very detailed. Commands, very specific commands. And. Let's look at Leviticus chapter number 18. Look at verse number 5. Leviticus 18 verse 5. I know this is kind of dry when you get into the book of Leviticus. We'll try to make it exciting. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Does it say he be saved? Mention anything about his soul? No, he shall live in them. That's how he will live in that land, and that's how he will be governed. And then we go through all of this. It's all thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. A lot of don't be uncovering, a lot of stuff that you can read over on your own time. Watch it says in verse 29, Leviticus 18, verse 29. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among who their people they didn't get to live with the people therefore shall ye keep mine ordinances that ye commit not any one of these abominable customs which were committed before you that ye defile not yourselves therein why I am the Lord your God. In other words, God gave those that nation those commands, statutes, all that. Okay, God, why shall I not do that? Because I am the God. I am your I am your Lord. Why should I do that? Because I am God. What will I get out of it, Lord? You won't be defiled. What will I get out of it, Lord? You'll get to stay with the people. Go over to Leviticus chapter nineteen, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, verse number one, and then verse two, speak unto all the congregation, the children of Israel, and say unto them, You shall be holy. Why? For I am the Lord your God, am holy. Why do I have to live holy? Because God's holy. Why don't you ask? Why doesn't everybody want to live holy? Because God's holy. You shall feel. You shall fear every man his mother. And his father and keep my sabbaths. Why I am the Lord your God Verse number four. Why do I turn from idols? I am the Lord your God Go down to verse 10 And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard neither shalt thou gather every grape of the vineyard, but I like grapes I want my vineyard the way I. Well, God said why do why not I am the Lord your God Look at verse 11 you shall not steal Verse twelve: You shall not swear. Verse thirteen: You shall not defraud. Verse fourteen: You shall not curse the deaf, and will put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Verse sixteen: Thou shall not go up and down as a talebearer. Why? End of the verse. I am the Lord. Don't you hate parents when your kids ask you why like a hundred times, and you just want to smack them upside the head, get them off repeat? <laughs> why? 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 My only parents have done that. (laughs) What What do you mean why? Because I'm your dad. That's why. What do you mean why? Because I'm your mommy. I'm the mama. That's why. I'm the daddy. That's why. You know what God says in Leviticus 19? It's the same idea. I am the Lord. (laughs) I am the Lord. You know, God has some expectations for you, young people. He wants you to live holy. He wants you to have a clean and pure mind. He wants you to keep your body under subjection. Why? He's the Lord. Don't ask, why are these commands? Don't ask, why are these rules? Just read them and answer the question, do you love God? Then you want to keep his commandments. Why do you do what your dad says? Why do you do what your mom says? He's your dad. She's your mom. Why do we do what the Lord says? He's our Lord. He's our creator. If we love him, there's your answer. Look at Leviticus chapter number, uh, and, and it goes on. We see all of this. And look at the end of the verse, at the end of the chapter, rather. And it says, therefore, shall ye observe all my statutes? And all my judgments. And do them. Do I really have to keep all of them? Yeah why? I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Verse 20. Or I'm sorry chapter 20. Same thing. Lord speaking unto Moses saying again. Thou shalt say to the children of Israel. Whosoever he be of the children of Israel. Or the strangers that sojourn in Israel. That giveth any of his seed unto Molech. He shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. And I will set my face against that that man. And I will cut him off from among his people. Because he hath given of his seed unto Molech to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do anyways hide their eyes from the man when he giveth his seed unto Molech and kill him not. Then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off. And all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. God says, I'm not going to stand for this. You know how many Christians support all of this devil, divination, Disney, Harry Potter, all the witchcraft? Bewitched, unwitched, who's the witch, the good witch, the bad witch, the white witch, the black witch. They're a bunch of devils. And when you point that out to so-called professing Christians, they get mad at you like you're a mean person. God said he'll destroy in the Old Testament. And millions of professing Christians are throwing their money away to Hollywood. Most of these people are, well, if they're not sacrificing their own children to Molech, they want to get you to sacrifice your children to Molech. The next thing you know, your kids are living for the devil. They have an agenda. This world has an agenda. And guess what the agenda isn't? It isn't, let them them read chapter 20 in Leviticus. It's get rid of preachers like me And it's, it's get rid of Christians like you And we don't want to hear that kind of talk God was very, very serious And he dealt extreme Extremely harsh on these people When they went after false gods And we see, look at this Familiar spirits, wizards. Why does he say in verse 7? What does he say to do? Sanctify yourself. That means set yourself apart from that and be ye holy. You know why? Because divination and wizardry is not holy. And they make wizard cards. And they call them Pokemon cards and we got to get rid of them when they come into the church house because they're enchantment cards, they're sorcery cards, they're spell cards, they're devil cards. And we have to kindly say you cannot have that in the church house. Parents, I would urge you to say we cannot have this in our house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. (laughs) We're not serving Molech. We're not serving. Just said, look, I am the Lord. And he shall keep my statutes and do them. Verse eight. I am the Lord which sanctify you. Look at verse number nine. And then, kids, I'll tell you when you can say amen. For everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. Now, aren't you glad you're not under the Old Testament Levitical law in chapter number 20? Amen. Amen. That's right. Because if you, you, you talk back to your mom or dad, God would strike you dead. Who wants to go first? No child would. Because as soon as one of them was struck down, all of the other ones would straighten up. (laughs) Parents, we can't do that nowadays, but you can't let. Cursing and disobedience go without punishment Or they're going to think that I can just do whatever I want and the next thing, you know They're dealing out pokemon cards and going to the hollywood movie house Because they're never told that's wrong that can hurt you Well, Why shouldn't we do it? You don't need a lecture. All you need to know is I am the lord And the lord said don't get involved in that stuff And it goes on in chapter number 20. And we just see a whole lot of wickedness. And verse 22, it says, You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them. Now watch this. That the land, whither I bring you to dwell therein, spew you not out. You can stay in the land and have a right relationship. With your people. It didn't save their soul. They were to do it. Because God's holy. and He just said. Hey, this is what I want y'all to do. And then he blessed them physically. When they did it. He cursed them. And he gave serious consequences out. When they disobeyed. You hear the term. Mosaic law. Moses was of the tribe of levi and so when you hear levitical law it's just another way of saying okay moses of the tribe of levi the levites were given the responsibility of the religious upkeeping and they were the religious leaders if you will so you'll hear both terms mosaic levitical you'll old covenant just referring to abraham and his descendants but all tying into the same idea this giving of the law and there were a lot of commandments Contrary to popular belief, there were more than 10. There were over 600. Now, young ones, I want you to imagine going home and your mom brings out at the kitchen table at morning's breakfast, uh, 613 rules for you to keep. What would your first reaction be? Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) I could tell by the look on your face. Welcome to Israel. If you loved God, why would your first reaction be, are there 600? Why are there so many? I am the Lord. It's not going to do anything for my soul? No, it's just I am the Lord. Oh, that's it? What do you mean that's it? I am the Lord but I can't remember them. Okay, go to Matthew 22, and if you can't remember them. People can remember 20 years of history of who won the Super Bowl. (laughs) People can remember all of the stats on their favorite athlete and all the number one draft picks going back to 1980. But they can't remember some commandments from God. It's a a funny thing. Whatever we value, we tend to remember. Matthew 22, verse number 37. Bible's here's what Jesus said unto him. Thou thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So remember that. Love the Lord. And watch verse 39. And the second is like unto it. Thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets so don't worry about if we were back in 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 those times don't worry about 613 commands and statutes and ordinances just remember two and if you can remember those two and obey those two. By default. The details will start falling into place. Because ultimately. That is what that had to do with. How much do they love God? I am the Lord. Do you love the Lord? You'll want to keep. The laws that he gives. But what happened? When God dispensed the law. What happened? The Hebrew people failed. Y'all know this. They did not keep the law. Let's look at Deuteronomy 7 and Second Kings 17, if you will. We'll do Deuteronomy chapter 7 first, but get Second Kings 17 as well. We'll do Deuteronomy 7 first. Deuteronomy chapter 7. We'll look at verse number 11. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do. Wherefore it shall come to pass if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them. That the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant, the mercy which he swear unto thee. The, thy fathers and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. he will also bless the fruit of thy womb. your family is going to grow. You obey God under the Mosaic law God bless that family with children. that womb was blessed. Thy corn, your crop came up, thy wine, your vineyard grew, and thine oil, and the increase of thy kind, that's your, your cattle, and the flocks of thy sheep, in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. God bless them. The family, the children and agriculture. Verse 14, thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. You say that's not a big deal. It's not a big deal for us because we have Walmart and Food Lion. It's not a big deal because this society and this world which we live in, they view children as a distraction. They view children as a problem, as an inconvenience. They didn't back then. They wanted to have a fruitful family. And God blessed. God blessed the family when they obeyed God. And he blessed their farm animals so they can have more farm animals. Well, what's the big deal? The big deal is they had food to eat. That's the big deal. Now, I have to say this because you don't receive that blessing when you follow God's command. Ladies, Christian ladies are not guaranteed to have a fruitful womb. You are not guaranteed to have your cattle and your sheep and your garden to come up every year. You're not Old Testament Jews under the law. When you obey God, you get a spiritual blessing. We'll get more into that next week. So I'll hold my hand on that thought. Go to 2 Kings. Second Kings chapter 17 I ask you to turn there. look all they had to do was believe what God said and obedience was the proof that they trusted God. Young people when your parents ask you to do something, when you obey you are proving to your parents that you trust mama you're proving to your grandparents that you trust granny and papa when you Obey, you evidence your trust in God, and that is what God was looking for obedience. 2nd Kings 17. Hope you don't mind reading a few verses. 2nd Kings 17, verse 7 For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God. Which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt and had feared other gods and walked in the statutes of the heathen Whom the Lord God or the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel which they had made man that must have just broke God's heart You want to break your parents hearts young people just despise everything they've taught you And you'll have a mama that'll be crying for her latter days and you'll have a daddy who'll be weeping for his latter days you imagine how the Lord felt. He gave him something special, and brought him out of the land of Egypt. And they just seemed to care less. It's sad. Verse nine: The children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God, and they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchman to the fence city, and they set them up images. And groves in every high hill and under every green tree And there they burned incense in all the high places as did the heathen and the lord carried away before them And wrought wicked things to provoke the lord the anger For they served idols whereup the lord had said unto them ye shall not do this thing Yet the lord testified against israel and against judah by all the prophets and by all the seers saying Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes According to all the law which i commanded your fathers Which I sent to you by my servants and prophets Notwithstanding They would not hear but hardened their necks Like to the neck of their Fathers that did not believe In the Lord their God and they Rejected his statutes Verse 16 and they left all the Commandments of the Lord their God Verse 17 and they caused Their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire And used divination And enchantments and sold themselves to do Evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. Verse 19, also Judah kept not their commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they made, last verse. And the Lord rejected all the seed of Israel and afflicted them and delivered them into the hands of the spoilers until he had cast them out of his sight. They were afflicted physically. That was the consequence. Now let's wrap up some closing thoughts. Go to Matthew five and Romans 10. When did the law end? So people say, well, the, the, the law ended at the cross. Let's see if it did let's see if it did Matthew 5 verse 17. Matthew 5 verse 17 think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets I am not come to destroy but to fulfill for verily I say unto you Till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law shall all be fulfilled all right you see Christ fulfilled the law did he fulfill the law we see that in Matthew chapter 5 he did Look at Romans chapter number 10 and look at verse number 4, Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. it. We see that very clearly. Christ is the end of the law. Christ fulfilled the law. But when God dispensed that law, did he put a closing time on that law? What does Galatians say? Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. You ever use the law to show someone their need for a savior? It can be used as a schoolmaster that we might be justified by faith, We're not justified by the keeping of the law. You just show them the law, show them they can't keep it and it justified by faith. First uh, 1 timothy one you don't have to turn there verse 8 says but we know that the law is good if A man use it lawfully so apparently us as christians We can use god's law if we use it lawfully We put it in its right place We understand it was given to the nation of israel We understand that it, it, it should be used lawfully to show someone that they are In desperate need of a savior Because they can't keep it romans 7 says wherefore the law is holy And the commandment, holy and just and good. You say, well, look, I'm a Gentile, I'm not a Jew, so it wasn't even given to me anyway. You ever witness to a Jew? What do you think you're going to use? John 3.16? They don't believe that. What do you think you're going to do? Turn to Titus 3, Romans 3, Romans 6, Romans 10, Ephesians 2. They're going to say, huh, Ephesians who? That's far into them. You know what you're going to use? The law. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that. I know. I know that doesn't mean. That's why. I want to get this last thought. And I think we'll clear it up. Turn to Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. We're not under the law. We've gone through Galatians. We're in the book of Romans. Everybody knows it's salvation by grace. But the question I'd like to get answered tonight is: Is that giving of the law is it still in effect, or has it been completely? There was a start, and then and that dispensation ended. There's a dividing line. We see it at the Mount Sinai, and we see a dividing line at Mount Calvary. But look at Luke chapter number one. Look at verse number twenty-six. So why are you turning there? Isn't that the yeah, it is? Watch and in the sixth month, verse 26 the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. Go down to verse number 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Look at verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. We're talking about Jesus being conceived, God being manifest in the flesh, his first coming. And what did he do on his first coming? He came to save his people from their sins and die on the cross. Verse number 32. And he shall be great. Now she be called the son of the highest. And watch this. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Well, that's funny. when he came the first time, he wasn't a king. He was a suffering servant. You got a prophetic passage right here. It's pointing to a time will he, when he will be a ruling, King, verse thirty-three, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. But when he came the first time, he didn't rule over the house of Jacob. But that's going to happen. End of his kingdom, there shall be no end. There's a kingdom that he's going to set up, and it's going to be an everlasting kingdom. This announcement is. The throne we know that's for a king He's going to establish his kingdom He's going to sit on the throne of David How's he going to govern By the law of Moses God dispensed that truth of the law Back in the Old Testament And we yes we've got Mount Sinai To Mount Calvary And we can draw dividing lines there But that law is coming back into picture God did not recall that truth of the law. He's not done with his people. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 says, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. When? When he sets up his kingdom. Last verse, Hebrews 8. It's a good verse. It'll tie this up. Hebrews chapter number eight. He's going to govern by the law of Moses over Abraham's descendants. When he comes back, we're coming back with him, but he's going to rule. He's going to put his law in their hearts. Hebrews eight says it right there, verse 10, I believe it is. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After these days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. When someone says the dispensation of the law is over, it is wrong. (laughs) There's a dividing line where we see it, Mount Sinai, Mount Calvary, it is finished, and we're going to enter into dispensation of grace next week. But that's coming back into play, just not now. So those people, God's chosen people, he is not done with that nation. Been set aside for a time. We'll get more into that next week. To provoke them to jealousy, those people, they're going to turn back to him. And they're his people. And he's going to write something at law over their heart. And he's going to rule as a king. He's going to rule as a king the law of moses can be written in their hearts no matter the truth that's been dispensed innocence conscience human government promise and now the law it has all ended the same way in absolute disaster god's got to step in and help them out all right that's it for tonight let's pray